Quick side note before we begin. Please excuse our slight audio issues. We are aware shit happens. We hope you enjoy this episode anyways, featuring Hunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton. If you remember from the last episode slash book, we left off on sort of a cliffhanger-esque moment where Zade was in the underground ritual area where the society members were and the whole place basically just blew up around him. And Jay comes in and he's, it's a setup. Yep. And Adeline got a text from Daya saying she needed to come quick and she needed help. And she hopped in her car to go rescue her and she got railroaded off the road and kidnapped and that is that's where we left off this book picks up basically five days after that accident happened it's Addie kind of coming fully into consciousness after that whole scene when she got hit by the car and her car got all smashed up. The men who took her yanked her out of the car and then dragged her all through the road in the glass. And it cut her up and did her some, some not great stuff. So, yeah, bad. And they had to take her to the doctor to fix her. And that doctor is Dr. Garrison. And he kind of tries to fix her up the best he can checks her out we find out that it is rick and rio that actually took her on max's orders and they are kind of like men hired to do the job and then max was actually responding to an ad from the underground society for um exactly which we had known that she was already a target from before and such I do appreciate that they didn't just, like, recap a ton of shit. No, they kind of picked right back where they are. Yeah. I hate when books do that. So I have a weird – sometimes if it's been enough time, I like a tiny bit, but not a lot. I know we've read a book before where it, like, literally was, like, one or two chapters of recap. And I was like, I don't need all of that. Yeah, especially if we're doing it back to back. So – Dr. Garrison is a shady motherfucker, and after he patches her up, and she's just kind of in and out of consciousness, and the men go, because they're in this house. They're in this, like, abandoned apartment building. And so the men, Rick and Rio, go off for the night to sleep or whatever. She's sedated and, you know, cuffed. She's not a threat to them. They don't think she's a threat. She ain't going nowhere. And she's woken up by Dr. Garrison. Basically, I can get you out of here. Let's go. And at first, she thinks that he's, like, being kind and actually, like, being a doctor and, like, letting her go. Because these men are bad men. The thing you would think. Right. Right. But as he keeps talking and as he keeps, like, dragging her out of here, she's getting a vibe. And so when she's trying to, like... Slow down a little. It's getting worse. And um, to find out, Dr. Garrison just wants to take her for himself. 
Yeah. So then she like super duper fights him off. What is with the old and... white men in this book? Right? Well, welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. Because old white men are obnoxious. Single for life. No. Men are trash. No. Anyway, trash a lot. That should be the name of this podcast. Men are trash. So she's losing this battle because, again, she was heavily sedated. She's very heavily wounded. And it's just not going well. When all of a sudden he is blown to pieces above her and she's covered in Dr. Garrison guts. Rio shoots him and then takes her up, showers her off all the blood and guts, and then they get the fuck out of there. Yup. And then they get taken. She gets relocated to the house. This groomer's house. What's her face? But we don't meet her yet. Right, we don't meet her yet. They pack her up and they start, they go from the doctor's apartment to the groomer house. Pause. Yep. Switch pause to Zade. Yep. So he is dealing with. So you know how we know that he is the hunter because those those are his chapters, the hunter. Yeah. Well, instead of the manipulator, she is now the She's the the diamond, diamond, which we will learn more later. Yeah, Um, why that. Yeah. So it, it picks up with Zade, and they are quite. Zade's alive. Right at, he's alive. Surprise! This is, it picks up right after the bomb goes off, and basically, it was a setup. Jay runs in and, and sees what the fuck are you doing here? You're not supposed to be in the field. You're supposed to be behind a computer. And he's right. oh well, it was a setup. Yet again, and there's somebody threatening him with a gun to his head or whatever the fuck. So before you get to that big part, I just want to say in my head during all this, because, you know, the wheels are turning. I'm sure yours the first time you read the wheels are turning too. Mm -hmm. But I'm sitting here trying to root out in my head who did this. And my thoughts ranged so many places. I went from Daya doing this. I had Claire. I even had Ruby there. Mm. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know why. But I had all these women as the problem. I don't know why, but the, that's the only place my brain went was these women as the possibility of the problem. In, in a male society that takes out women, I don't know why, but that's my brain just went there. Oh my God. I don't know why. I'm glad it was not Daya. Spoiler alert. Right. It's not Daya. But I just want to tell you where my head was at when that, because I felt bad because I was like, poor Daya. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought so badly of you. Yeah. When there's a lovable side character. But she was the one who was, you know. When there's a, I think I've read too much Dark Romance. Because now every time there's a lovable side character, I think one of two things. One, man, this bitch is the villain. Or two, man, I'm so sad when you die. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't get too attached. Daya was not the bad guy. But Zaid is in this mess and then found out that, in fact, the bad guy who set up this whole thing and masterminded this and took out several of the actual society people just to try to take out Zaid was none other than Claire. Fuck this bitch. I honestly did not see it coming. I'm going to be honest. I knew something was, like, off with her. I didn't see any of that. The only reason I 
minutely suspected her in the back of my mind was because a she didn't do anything to try to cover anything or be anything she was weirdly like almost vocal about hey look how much my husband beats me yeah when that's not typical of that kind of situation yeah yeah and two i knew with how much they made a big deal out of her escaping the dollhouse that it had to come back around at some point about something Mm. big that was the only reason she was one of my suspects but honestly dia was on the top of my list so she was kind of like suspiciously being yeah yeah so i'm very glad because of the text stuff happened at the end of the last book she exactly. was like send these texts and then and then she wasn't the answering the phone yeah yeah so i'm glad it wasn't dia but you know that's, like, that's the only reason but i was not 100 percent who i thought so it wasn't like oh i know who it is i mean no. i had suspicions absolutely yeah the claire thing really got me and the fact that this book was able to shock ariel the masterminds that's just all y'all you need to know about why she should read it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I didn't 100% know. Zayd is already super hurt from this bomb that went off. And he's at Claire's mercy. And he is very much, if I'm going down, I'll take you down with me, bitch. Like, die right now. But then she lets him know that, actually, you won't do that. Because she kind of confirms that I have Addie. Like, I took her. So... Claire ushers him and Jay into the back of a van and they manage to escape. And Jay is almost never in the field ever. So this is not his expertise. Yeah, he's like shitting bricks over here and it's really funny. I love Jay. He's just, you know. He's so great. He, yeah, so they manage to escape by kind of causing a mini accident, basically. And Claire makes it alive but they kind of leave her there and he says i can't kill a woman in front of civilians no matter how tempted i am and i said you're gonna regret doing that so they manage to get away and you know z's backup guys come and get him and jay and they take him to the hospital because they're like yeah you need medical attention an ied exploded right next to you bro like you need medical attention and he's over here in this hospital room losing his fucking shit. And then he finds because out Because she's missing. Because so- she's missing. And then he finds out that it was Max who organized. Mm-hmm. And he realized- so he pays Max a little visit. Oh, wait. Because he loses his fucking shit in this hospital room to the point where he yeah. stands. They shade him to the bed. And he stands up with his bed strapped. With the bed, I know. <laughs> Because he was like, this is all my fault. If I would have just killed Max, none of this would have happened. But no, I didn't. I had to just warn him. Ugh, I should have just killed him when I had the chance. But then he, he does, eventually. That's funny. So, yeah, he pays Max a little visit. Because Max is a fucking little shithead. And finds out that, you know... It's true that the the hit has been put on her from the actual society, so he knows Claire's behind it, that all that is true. Just kind of confirming what the psycho had told him. He learns that it's Rio and Rick that did the actual taking, and they've been monitoring the bank accounts of 
Max and whatnot to try to like suss out who he's working with. And Rio and Rick, they see that Max paid, but they haven't really done anything with it. And that's kind of how they were able to get the situation. And they find out that Max sent the friend that Daya had originally hooked up with at the bar when they all mm-hmm. met Arch and his buddies to Daya's house to then send that text to Addie to do all this. And he's been keeping Daya prisoner this whole time. So Zade goes like and wake at this point. Yep. And Zade goes in and swoops in and saves and, and lets Daya kill her captor. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because that was the only thing that had Daya be the front runner in my mind of why she was the bad guy because until all this happened and until Claire actually stepped out from the shadows, Daya wasn't mentioned really at all throughout this whole thing. And I was like, where the fuck is she? Hello? (laughs) Her friend has been kidnapped. Yeah, Nobody's heard from her. Like, what the fuck? So that was kind of why I was like, dude, come on, why are you making a good character do shady shit? I think it's also important to note that Max is a shithead and he didn't even do his due diligence. So he took the opportunity from the dark web to get this money because he thought that it was Z who killed his father, even though he had agreed not to. That's right. He got a video sent to him that said, this is for Adeline Riley. And then they blew his father's head off. Yeah, because Claire framed Zade to make Max do the dirty work. Yeah, and then Max was like, oh, did you know it was me? Did you hear my voice? Like, how did you know it was me? And he's like, right, did you even verify anything? Before you fucking trafficked a woman? What a dumb little hoe. So, and then, oh my god, he has this nifty little torture device where he kept bringing him back to life so he could keep torturing him. <laughs> How cute. So, V gets Daya back, and her and Jay and Z basically just hunker down for a few weeks and try and find Addie. That's what's going on with them. And then it shifts back to the diamond, aka Addie, and yep. we stay with her for a really long time. So long. It gets to a point where I even make a note, like, where the fuck are these chapters? It's been weeks. And I, yeah, I got so fucking frustrated because we literally went, like, seven chapters without him. Just saying. I'm just a little. I'm here for Zade, okay? If that wasn't clear, <laughs> motherfucker. So we meet Francesca. She is the groomer. She is in charge of getting these girls ready for auction. So that they can be sold at the highest price. Yep. Mm -hmm. Live their worst lives. Francesca is a lot. Basically, Francesca and her brother Rocco run the house. They are both connected to the society. That's how this all comes to play. And then he just kind of lives with her. Addie finds a journal in the floor of her room. And we've gotten a few pages at the end of chapters, similar to we did in Haunting Adeline from the Grandmother's Journal pages. These journal pages that we've gotten thus far have been scattered and kind of crazed. Somebody who's clearly not doing well 
They're from like 2008, so they're newer. But also Older, not current. Right. They're newer um, than the grandmother's letters. They're from like- a girl that was in that room before her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I got a little frustrated at this point in time with the journals because I was like, oh, look, because even the line that she said, Addie, she's like, but finding another journal inside the floor, impossible, fucking impossible. I'm like, yeah, almost like we needed to be a little bit more creative. Sure. The same exact- Spicy. I did read those notes. But oh, I saw okay. that too. Don't worry. So my problem is. She can't suspend belief for five minutes. Come on. It's the same exact setup. I get it. I get it. And I like the cohesiveness. However. It isn't because for the first one, she was trying to figure out what happened to Gigi, like her grandma. Right. Trying to find justice. That's why this one seemed just a little bit too try hard. So this journal was about a girl named Molly. And it was really confusing who Molly even was at first. And she was a girl who used to be in this room under Francesca's rule on the chopping block to be sold. And she was, for the first half of this book, this is the journal entries we have. I'm going to be skipping ahead for a second. Forgive me. Spoiler alert. For part one of the book, we have Molly's journal. For part two of the book, we have Addie's journal as she's recovering. That one made complete sense. That one connecting to those roots, connecting to her grandmother journaling made complete sense. The first one seemed like it was just thrown in for the sake of having a journal in there. And it was frustrating to me. The second one was actually fruitful and it could have been done as a point of healing on its own that wasn't needed to be a continuation of Molly's. She could have just been doing it because a therapist gave her a journal. I think plot wise, it makes sense that she found this journal because otherwise she wouldn't have had that escape when she was in the house. Because if you remember, she started writing in the journal. If Molly couldn't finish her story, I'll finish it for her kind of thing. Yeah. And And I get it. And and it worked. I'm just saying it seemed like it was a little redundant. That's all. I understood understood it in the context of what was centered around it, but I'm saying it seemed redundant in the fact that it was like a fall safe. So nothing else needed to be thought of and be creative in a different way. Right. I feel the whole finding the journal on the floorboard thing, especially because she found it while the crazy bitch was looking at her inside the wall. So there are these other girls in the house that are also being trafficked. There's just one specific girl, Sydney. She is crazy like mm. Sydney without the heart of gold. Yeah, she's because just Sydney crazy. Just she's just to crazy. Kill monsters and make the world a better place. Sydney is just fucking. Nuts. Just wants to fuck been, shit up. Yeah, she's just been <laughs> Stockholm syndrome so hard that she doesn't want to be sold. She just wants to remain at this groomer's house forever. But of course, if a groomer has this girl that she can't get rid of. It looks bad for her. So because Francesca comes into this big ticket item, which is Addie, because they call her the diamond. Yeah. They call her the diamond because she's going to be expensive because the society now knows that not only was she like, she's Zade's woman. Yeah. So because of this, 
Francesca's like, all oh, you're going to be sold. And Sydney's, oh, this bitch is trying to make it so that I lose my home because whatever. So she basically terrorizes Addie the whole time. And mm-hmm. I'm talking creepy shit, looking at her through the cracks in the walls and just everything. And, but then she'll escalate. Yeah. But the point is that Addie finds his journal and she hides it back and forth where she found it except to read it and to write in it. But she stores it under the floorboards. The problem is that Sydney knows where this is. And she's reading all of her shit, which becomes problematic later. So Francesca calls all the girls together for their first meeting together. And Addie gets a firsthand look at how the girls act and interact with each other. And how docile i guess they've become Before and that, how- Ari, you should get into uh how francesca signed rio as a diamonds caretaker because she has all her issues with her back and everything when she came to the house with rio rio had to stay there because he was in charge of making sure she stayed healed and her cuts all over her back stayed healed so that somebody was in charge of making sure that those were healed because she needs to be in pristine condition because she was delivered to Francesca damaged. Yeah. And so not only was he hiding out from Zade because we have a huge fucking target on our backs now, Francesca was like, you break it, you fucking fix it. So you are Mm going to be her doctor now, basically. Yeah. Okay. So then they go into the room. She just sees how scared they are and how much they just do what they're told. They're not willing to stand up for another. They're not willing to speak up for themselves, anything, because doing so would be a huge detriment to not only themselves, but everyone else as well. And she learns that lesson the hard way because one of the girls has a mole on her face and Francesca finds that ugly. And the girl had just been sick with the flu for the whole week or something and got pulled out of bed to be in this meeting. And because there was a hair sticking out of the mole, she hadn't been able to pluck it because she's been bedridden. They decide they're going to cut it out of her face. And Addie starts speaking out where one of the other girls is trying to tell her, no, we don't do that. Like, you shut your freaking mouth. Addie's like, you guys can't all just stand there and let this happen. And that's when it stops and everyone turns their attention to Addie. And Addie gets closely acquainted with Rocco. Forcibly. Forcibly. That was rough. Yeah, this was the first great scene in the book. Definitely not the last No, it's interesting because when I first read this book too, I texted Arielle and I was like, everyone says that this book, the second one, is a lot darker than the first one. And for me, I flew through it and I was like, I don't see it. Obviously it is. It's the content and the material that is in this second book that I think is harder on people than others. But Mm. for me, it, it didn't. I can see why you didn't have a problem with it though. Take this for however you want to take it, but the way this book was written was not intended to 
rub your nose in that dark shit. So for lack of a better term, if that makes sense, because I've read. It was documentation over glorification. Right. Exactly. And it was glossed in a lot of places and we skipped ahead a lot because I've read. I know it's no secret at this point that I read a lot of this type of book. I've read a lot of books, unfortunately, that have trafficking in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I want to say at least a good 70% of them go way more into details and feelings and they really cut you deep. Yeah. And this book was not that. This book was nothing compared to a, I want to say a traditional trafficking book in that genre. Mm-hmm. or subgenre or whatever you want to. So I feel like the way that this was written was way more palatable to someone who, like Crystal, who is kind of more of a true crime junkie and a rom-commy person who doesn't really get into that dark, I'm going to cut your soul out because the way that this was written was more factual versus I'm going to make you feel it and it's going to hurt. Yeah. That's why it was just easier for me at that point. Absolutely. Once I read it, I totally understood why part one was Mm -hmm. easier for you to palette. Because knowing originally what it was about, I was like, how could she have read that and liked that? But once I read it, I was like, no, I could understand why you could because that was not a normal representation of what a lot of those books entail. And the way it was written. Right. Like you said, even this scene here, we did not get a lot of detail. It was just, it was factual and it just, it happened. And we didn't even get a lot of her mindset on how she really felt. And it was not really cut deepable. And this one yeah. was the worst one, I would probably say. Uh, yeah, no, this was definitely so, the worst one of everything. Cause it's the first one of the book. And, and but it was nothing. Of- I'm not going to lie. I think-, I think probably the gun scene, the, the gun one was probably worse for you than this. Yeah, yeah. it was. I think that out of this book, this scene competes for worst with the Francesca heel scene because. But again, that scene, we just got told about it. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? We did not experience it. So Sydney took great glee in Addie learning her place. Yeah. And then. Well, let's talk about that then. Chose to keep the ball rolling, so to speak. And what did she do? She stole Francesca's shoes. Francesca was trying to basically show Addie her place. She was trying to show her that she didn't have preferential treatment, Mm -hmm. even though she was a diamond. And she made Adeline kiss her stiletto, her dirty stiletto. And Adeline did it. Francesca could see that she hated it in her eyes. And Francesca mm-hmm. very clearly warned her, get that look out of your eye, because if I can see it, your fucking buyer will definitely be able to tell, right? Now, the thing you need to know about Francesca is that she works very hard to keep her image, which designer clothes, designer heels, like she looks beautiful all the time, full face of makeup in this black-lated mansion. Like, it's just, she basically cakes all her ugly with the designer shoes, clothes, makeup all the time. So she loves her fucking shoes, takes pride in her appearance. 
Sydney gets the great idea to steal all of Francesca's shoes and basically destroy them. And because of what happened in the beauty room, Francesca could only draw the conclusion that it was Adelaide. And she because so Francesca then gets revenge and puts Adeline in her place by taking a broken heel and violating Adeline with it while Sydney held Adeline down. And didn't she then turn and let all the men of the house take their turns? It was like later on because they were talking about today is the calling because it was in chapter 14. And they were saying, like, despite the beating my body took three days ago, my wounds are healing, so lying about physical, whatever. So, And then she was saying, Phoebe, Bethany, and Gloria were raped alongside me. Jillian yeah. kept her head down. Sydney blatantly laughed in their faces because it was her fault she was on that floor to begin with. So like, they all they were. And then Rocco would, like, but it, they don't mention anything until it is the day of the calling. So I don't know if they're gotcha. getting raped every day. At this point, and Sydney's just laughing her ass off because she's doing shit to make this happen or what's going. And then Rio's the one who's picking her up and taking care of her after all everything's happening. Right. So the calling, we should explain what that is, basically is tradition in the house that makes the girls worthy of being sold. It tests their endurance and basically have to survive in this maze for an hour or so. I'm not sure, but the men try to shoot you with arrows, and you have to not get shot. Crossbows, and they chase you through space, and yeah. So they so they they've been spending all this time practicing. It's like a Hunger Games type of situation. I was thinking more of the what is it, the most dangerous game or something like that, where the people hunt the people, like the rich people Uh hunt the people. I think that's what it is. It was a book. So well, they've been practicing for this. And but so-, so they were told by Francesca that the punishment for even filling these practices will be severe because mm-hmm. right. it looks really bad on the groomer if the girls don't make it through the culling. Yeah. And during this time, so she did not make it during the practices because Sydney was a bitch and made yeah. it tripped her and stuff. During this time, Rio has been softening towards her. And has been having to clean up her wounds and stuff that she's been getting from the practices and still from the original accident. And he seems to be very angry with all the marks that the men are putting on her, the entire situation. And she can't seem to understand why he's getting angry about it. But it's he's starting to often towards her a bit. But that part is, I think, important. So... Yeah, he's her friend of me yeah. in that house. Yeah. So we finally get to see Zade again. For one chapter. It's and not a he's long been one. <laughs> desperately trying to find information. He's been trying to figure out where she could be, where they're holding her. And as a last resort, he tries to contact these men who are known in the flesh trade not for trafficking, but they sell organs. But he decides to reach out to them because there are a lot of rumors surrounding their situation Mm -hmm. that they are not actually bad guys. They find out where she was taken. They follow the cameras or whatever. She found out where they were taken to the doctor's house. 
they're going through security footage. Yeah, and they find a picture of one of the Basilix brothers. Um, it should also be noted that this doctor had been kidnapping girls and molesting them for basically the whole time that he lived there since he was disgraced. And yeah, Z very publicly blows up the place and sets him on fire. And by publicly, I mean he has Jay recorded and put it on the dark web. And then he makes yeah. a promise that Claire will fucking burn to mark my words. So he knows he can't just like summon these boys. Yeah. The brothers. So Jay and him do some recon and figure out a weak link and figure out that there's this woman connected to them. And that woman is Mama T. Mm-hmm. And so I he goes and pays Mama T a visit. Yep. And ends up winning Mama T over yep. to his cause and convinces Mama T to call them to set up a meeting. They come, they agree to a meeting. They're in the middle of something right now, so mm-hmm. you're going to have to please hold. And they agree to meet. That's yep. all we really get. And then we I mean, switch yeah, right back into... Yeah, and he just says, into... meet us in four hours at this specific address. And then kicks them out because they were in the middle right. of something. But that's why, yeah, that's all we really... And then we switch back and we actually get the actual culling. So Francesca's been shopping around for potential buyers. She's got what she thinks is the landmine shark that she has coming in. She wants all the girls to really be on their best behavior for him because he's worth a lot and he would be a really good investor. That doesn't really count for Addie, though. She should always be on her best behavior. She's the diamond and she's going to be adopted. And Francesca's a little frustrated because almost immediately that gentleman, I should not call him a gentleman. He's not a gentleman. That guy sets his sights on Addie. So they do the culling and that guy decides that Addie is his target and he's going to go for her. Yep. There's another one of the girls in the house that basically sticks to Addie like glue, even though Addie's old, so you don't need to, I don't want you to give us away, but then she ends up taking her under her wing and helping her. But then when the men start kind of encroaching on them, she kind of gets scared and she gets shot by one of the arrows. And since she's shot anyways, she manages when the man who was chasing her gets finds himself in one of the traps and his bow falls she shoots him because she knows she's done for anyways yep i might as well get my revenge while i still can the other thing too is the calling is done in the dark and these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. have Have night vision goggles yep so so cheap luckily the timer goes off and douche canoe Xavier, that's his name, cannot shoot Addie. So Addie's able to make it back with technically winning the culling. So she yep. makes it out of the maze. She still has a few minutes before they blow the horn or whatever. And she does a little exploring and she finds that there's actually these railroad tracks that are right He's abandoned. Out yep. Like, yeah. She's okay. If I ever and, get out of here, this is going to be And abandoned train cars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And she doesn't even know. She's. I wonder if they even know this is way back deep down back here. So she makes her way back towards the end of the maze and catches up with one of the other girls. And she starts to try warning her about what comes next. And 
then she gets cut off by Xavier and then Xavier walks both of them back to the house. Because we don't even know the extent of right. And there was two girls, right? The one we know about and then there was another one who got hit also, right? There's Mm -hmm. the two. And they get taken off into another room for their punishment. While the reward for winning the culling is getting to spend the time in the company of the men who were trying to shoot you previously. Yeah. Oh, forget they also got a McDonald's. Like, turn things around. Sydney was stoked. Of course. Yeah, I do like really at one stoked. point, though, she was like, fear has been a chokehold. And I am assuming that as she heard it in Zade's voice, because it was in italics and it just said, be smart, little mouse. And like, all I can yeah. think of is she literally just used him to ground herself. Into, she was, yep. Which was, which, yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. So, like that too. They, it does switch back over to Zade as well after this. So after the whole calling thing is, you know, tonight's about having fun. Just present yourselves and make me proud, which is absolute garbage. I hate this fucking Francesca woman with a fiery, burning passion. It's all like Addy finally stands up to Sydney and pushes her face into the vanity mirror, which I was like, yes, bitch. She's you think you're psycho? Who I'm in love with. <laughs> Well, and as much as she's using his voice to ground him, I like that we got to see the flip side of that because he's also using it a little bit for him too. Mm -hmm. In the next one, it's just like little things, but he goes to toss his cigarette out and stop littering. Yes, baby. And picks it back up and it's just, oh, yeah. They're just using each other to ground themselves in this situation that is happening right now, which is so cute. So we meet the Basilisk Brotherhood, and they're a little cray-cray, and, you know, they agree to help Zaid. Agree is a interesting term, but they're not happy about it. They're not happy about it, but he gives them an IOU, and we can be yep. friends for now. We can be friends. So the culling was not just what they practiced, evidently, because there's more to that. The punishments... Apparently, the men could do whatever they wanted. The losers of the culling, including basically tearing them apart and cutting off things that they wanted to cut off. Amputation. Like, yep. They had full use of whatever they wanted to do to these girls. So they are barely hanging on, and everyone's brought outside. And then the winners... The girls who didn't they get, get shot. The, the ones who didn't get shot, they win... They have to take out the weak ones. They, they win the ability to kill the losers. It's just another game of showing their strength. So they're all given a rock, very handmade style. And Sydney's all in her happy place. She's going to just psychotic make it awful. And Addie's just she realizes that she has no choice. And she's just going to put the girl that she's in charge of out of her misery. Also, it's worth noting that Sydney was way too happy and Eddie was like, you fucking psycho. So Addie whips a rock directly <laughs> into Sydney's head, knocks her the fuck out. Yeah. So she didn't <laughs> get to cool. she didn't get to enjoy that. Yeah, she didn't get to partake in killing well, any of them. So this was my emotional whiplash during that time because when we first got told that they were missing limbs and stuff. My first thought was, 
I'm sorry, limbs? I thought they weren't allowed to damage the merchandise. What? Like, they're not merchandise anymore. They weren't fit. Well, I didn't know that they were just that disposable. And I thought, okay, well, they still worth something. Nope. Then, then she's like, you'll take them outside and you'll put them out of their misery. Oh, well, that answers that. Well, yeah. well that. Yeah, it was a lot. It was because you didn't know that it was going to go that way. And then it did. Right. Yeah. So after this happens, all of a sudden we have a two fucking month time jump. Yeah. It's wild. Yes. Well, you know, don't get salty about it. Just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. So Addie's been writing in her journal during this time. Sydney's been doing Sydney shit during this time. <laughs> That's the best way to put and, it ever. But right. Well, really doing stuff to try to throw Addie under the bus and trying to get her in trouble. And we find out that because Zade is actively looking to find her, Claire is nervous and is afraid to put her up for auction because Zade, with the help of the Basilisk brothers, finds some of these auctions and actually infiltrates them. Because of that, she makes the decision to entertain Xavier purchasing her. Exactly. So that she doesn't get put up. And part of that direct sale is him sampling the goods for a month where he gets to pay her weekly visits. And he's mean, he's gross. He thrives on blood play and he cuts her constantly, which Rio then has to come and clean her up. And it's a, a constant back and forth process. And he is trying to get her to like it and betray her own body. Mm-hmm. and is trying to get her off and the one time he manages to do so it basically destroys her and she said Zade's name by mistake yeah. and he You're got so, so angry yeah. and it has been his goal ever since for her to say his name and she refuses to even utter his name in any yep. instance so she's been enduring all of this but yes Zade is able to infiltrate the auction that now she is not going to because they do not want her to go to this because now she's having the direct sale. And yeah. the rest of the girls, except Sydney, of course, because Sydney's a lifer. Yep. The rest of the girls that she has come to know during this time go to the auction as planned. And Zade is able to buy them all. He buys every single girl in that auction and kills every single other person there. That's yes. what you want in a man. If you but he was upset, obviously, that she was not there. Right. Listen, that's the bar. However, however, he had that glimmer of hope because he showed the picture around and one of the girls spoke up and wasn't afraid to talk and say she was with me at that house. And it gave him that hope and he was able to talk to her, get a little bit of information from her. That actually really help yep. in trying to narrow down where she is. Yup. If you tell me where, if you tell me where she is, I'll kill so many people for you. You don't even know. Yep. She's like, well, get out your pen because I got a list. Yeah, because well, she used to be basically homeless, and um, mm-hmm. she had a really rough life even before this, and she she got a whole list, yep. baby. Yeah. So then. Addie finds out that Claire has been behind the whole thing because Claire pays her a visit basically to just rub it in her face how much 
she is just throwing her to the wolves and Zade will never find her. Basically and I like think that kind of like a last picture, which maniacal was dumb picture. on Claire's point because oh, that was kind of like the last straw for Addie. And between that and Sydney, who she walked in on and she was reading her journal and seeing yeah. all her stuff and she started attacking her and she had no choice but to defend herself and fight back. Yeah. And, and it got so brutal, the back and forth. Yeah, it was... I think that was the equivalent of... You know how when in movies, the villain starts giving his like monologue, trying to explain why they're doing what they're doing? And that just gives the hero more time to get yeah. to... Yep, yep. Them. Feel like that, or it just gives them that little bit villain. of resolve that they needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that was yeah. her villain monologue, and always backfires. <laughs> always backfires, dude. Every yeah. time, yeah, it was wild. But yeah, so Sydney so, was basically reading these journals, and she was gonna out her to Francesca, and mm-hmm. she couldn't do that because her deadline was now three days. She was gonna spend the rest of her life being cut up by Xavier. She's like, absolutely not. So then uh, Zed was like, well, I know you want to get out now, and I'm going to out you to do And then she's basically like, well, it's me or you, bitch. One of us is in this room, and it's going to be me. So Addie kills Sydney, and she feels bad yep. about it because... It's a, tra- it's a very traumatic moment for her. Yeah. yeah she's like, but she doesn't have time to dwell. She's got to go. She's got to go. And then so Rio walks in and he finds her. And he's like, sees what this you scene. And she's, Ugh. I'm, no, I have to leave. And then she's, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have. To. Oh, I don't want to sleep with fucking fishes. What the hell? And she's, he's like, fishes? What the fuck are you talking about? So basically, she makes a deal with him that um, she will get. She finds out that the reason why Rio's been there the whole time is this is bitch because... Francesca. Ugh. Well, and Claire, and all of them, all the of society, them. they're holding his sister hostage groomer's and forcing house. him at a groomer's house and forcing him to work for them. And if he says boo, his sister gets punished. Yeah. It's and awful. Francesca is using him as her own personal slave. Yep. He's basically in this crazy situation to try to save his sister. So Addie makes him a deal. Tell me your sister's name. Tell me where she is. Help me get out of here. Or don't stop me from getting out of here. And I will make sure to tell Zayd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he cuts the tracking. Oh, by the way, when she first got to the house, there was a tracking. Yeah, typical. They they always get the barcodes and the trackers. That's just, yeah, typical trafficking. Yeah. Typical trafficking nonsense. So he cuts the tracking device out of her. He tells her that he'll take care of the guards that are outside and that there's somebody passed out on the couch, but that she should be able to just take off. If she sneaks by, right. Yeah. Gives her a head start. And then she ends up having to kill the guy on the couch too, because. Well, he wakes, she goes to get water and food and a weapon just to be on the safe side, but then she drops it and he wakes Mm -hmm. up and. And he wakes up. So he's, she, she just slices him. Yeah, so she tries to get away, and then... And she finds out on the way out that Rio sliced the guards on the way out the door. So she's, okay, so cool. she's so free and clear she, to go. She yep. runs through the maze, and she gets to the radio roll checks, and she finds this place to hide. She goes down as far as she can on the cars, along the tracks, until she hears them yelling for her, and she gets scared. 
because they're and closing in and she goes into and... one of the cars. Yep. Because if you remember, so right before Claire's visit, Rio was cleaning her up from yep. a session with Xavier where he like drew a bunch of blood. So she yep. went through that session and then went through the Claire stuff and then killed Sydney and then had her tracker dug out of her and then she killed the and then she ran after losing so much blood and energy and like all this stuff. And after being in that fucking house for over two months, mm-hmm. she then goes and has this thing. So she's not only scared because she hears them, but she's exhausted. She feels like she yep. can't go on anymore. So she finds a cart with a, a thing and she like drops down and hides in there. Meanwhile, on the flip side of things, Zade, with the help of the girls from the auction... He's been able to narrow it down and figure out where she's been being held. And so they set off to try to find her. But because she's missing, they've all called in reinforcements. So the place is flooded. So they decide to go in sneakily down the tracks and try to go that way. Yay, happy day. They find each other. Yeah. So Diane's there. Jay's in the yep. phone. It's a whole rescue mission. And, and what's her name? One. Ruby's there. Yes. Yep. And that, yes, that is part one of the... That's part one of half of this book. Quite it's literally. wild because there was so much. And then, of course, like... So much in this, yeah. There was so much in that whole first part of the book. And it was just... It was a lot. It was heavy. So, I, I just want to note before we get into part two that... Molly's diary in part one was a lot of, I know how to escape. I have a plan to escape. I need to find my sister. My mom can't take care of her. She's one years old. I'm the only one she has. It was a lot of, she was clearly losing her mind, but it just ended. Yeah. Yeah. So we had no idea what happened to Molly. And that's why Addie kind of just kept up the journal and she journaled herself. So how we start part two. She spent a week with the doctors and then a month at her house. The week at the doctors was to, you know, heal her of all her injuries, you know, check her out. Here's my problem. Zade is Zade. Okay. This tech whiz billionaire guy. Okay. He literally saves trafficked women and children literally as his job. And you tell me. That after five weeks, one of those weeks being spent at a clinic he took her to. So now the start of this is her wanting to take a trip to the clinic because she wants to get checked for STDs and get checked for pregnancy, get checked for all this stuff. I'm sorry. This just seems so unfathomable that she spent a week when she first got there. And none of this stuff was done. Here's the thing is she just went through all of this stuff. She has all of this body physical damage that they probably should heal prior to doing the other things. And that's why it took a week. It's not that I understand. Now we're five weeks past. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm saying normally when these girls come back from this stuff, that is the first thing they do. Right, but probably again the first the reason they didn't do it first thing is how battered her body was. Right. Okay, so but I'm sure to... they were I'm sure they were they could swab 
something? Seriously? I don't know. I'm just trying to give it a benefit of the doubt. The probably reason is because of how extremely. But I'm saying he does this for an actual living. I understand. I'm just saying. It just made no sense. I know, but it just, it made no sense. It didn't bother me at all. Why she had to reach out on her own and find out that she had an STD from this prick or one of these pricks. I know from, so I used to be a sapper VA for the Navy and when they run the kits, you have to basically ask for permission before you do any of the steps. So she probably and couldn't have right. given any. Where. She was in such a catatonic I get it. State. And she was she basically out of it for the whole time. And I get Ariel it. Ariel doesn't want but... us to give an actual reason as to why it could. No, no, no. But I, no, I get it. But they're not in an actual hospital. And no, he's I I think stayed. That... You know what I mean? There should have been no yeah. reason. Yeah, well, I think that the whole especially since so this is literally the only book i have ever read in a situation like this where that's not the first thing they do i think that from the caregiver because teddy's not a shitbag like dr harris garrett or the fuck his name is i think because she wasn't in a place to consent to be touched like that i think they were more focused on making sure she didn't die from blood loss but they could have taken her however they should have made appointment then I think that with he being the over soccer that he is and wanting to know all the information, I find it hard. That's to what I mean. That he didn't push I, for that. Exactly. That's what I meant. The kind of guy he is, not only that, but the fact that he actually does this as a living. So he knows the possibilities. He knows what mm-hmm. can happen. He knows these things. He's not just, oh, yeah, she's fine. Honestly, he probably wasn't thinking about it because it's his woman. I don't know. I'm trying to at least give some benefit of the doubt here. But Ruby was there, too. Ruby knows better. Everyone should have known better. Moving on. So she got an STD from one of these pricks. So that just kind of keeps everything rocking. And then they go out for ice cream. She's basically been kind of not talking to him for five weeks because she's... Like you said, kind of in a catatonic state, basically. Not talking, and... but also, like, he can't touch her at all mm-hmm. because she tends us up. And he feels, yep. yeah, very hard to read yep. because they're both very obviously tortured. Like, she still loves him, and it, it's harder the, the long that she's um, started to heal and, like, starts to have normal sexual urges again and not being able to do anything about that. She still feels so dirty and yeah. Um, And then finding out that she has this is making her feel even worse. Um, So, but getting out of the house did help her. Honestly, what started to help her weirdly enough was having a chat with her mom that kind of helped her get out of bed. Yeah. So her mom in this book, we don't hate because she makes an honest effort to like yeah. realizes. So Do she we not realizes, hate though? No, she makes it. She realizes how <laughs> close like, she unilaterally I'm deciding. And so she makes an honest effort to like understand her. But also, Adeline does a better job of not letting her mom walk all over her. This book, and, and that's something that they're kind of bridging themselves over. And they all know the truth and the secrets about the grandparents and the house and all that too. Yeah, so the um, only secrets that Addie's keeping now are basically the gruesome details and certain specificities about Z, because obviously. So they go out for ice cream, and they actually... She likes mint chocolate you know, chip. What a psycho. That's the Daughter only likes- flavor that you're supposed to like. 
No. It my says the best flavor of ice cream. And Z was right. And he's like, she's, do you even like my chocolate chip? He's like, I like you. Does that count? And she's like, no. Listen, she's right. Mint chocolate chip is the flavor to get. No. Crystal doesn't like mint chocolate chip either. It's toothpaste. <laughs> no, it's not. It tastes different. It's if you were to brush your teeth and then immediately try and eat a brownie afterwards. What are you doing? No, it's not. Yes, it is. I like mint brownies anyways. Well, you would. So since he's seeing this opening with her, he's seeing that her trying, they're actually communicating a little. He asks her if he can take her somewhere and he takes her to what he refers to as the sanctuary. I would call it like a safe village because it is like basically a plantation off the grid. All these girls and women that he has saved that don't have a home to go home to anymore. And it was a really, I don't know. It was a really nice little. Yeah. And she sees Jillian there. Yeah. And Gloria. And it just literally continues to show the reason we should love him. Real sister. And put in the sanctuary and she gets to meet him. And Zade, if anything is a man that follows through on his word and he found Rio's sister. And, and he really wants to kill him. Rio, and his daddy is very conflicted. Because she formed a trauma bond with this guy. Obviously, mm-hmm. she feels some type of way because he was the reason she was in that mess. But he also was the only one in that house who really looked after her, and he helped her escape. And then she finds out from Katerina that Francesca was using him as he was also getting raped and yeah. stuff. So it kind of humanized him a little bit more and it just further confused her about whether she wanted him dead or not. But Z wants him fucking dead. Do you want me to tell you that I can forgive him? Because I can't. I'm biblical what he did. Yeah, but... So seeing this bigger picture really helped her and kind of invigorated her into wanting to be part of the process. Yeah. And wanting to be part of the solution yeah it 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 really encouraged her to get out of her funk and try and help z as much as she could with anything to help take down the society and that involves training now you know the personal training classes that they were doing in book one are nothing compared to these because now you know she's obviously been through it but it's really hard on her because of the physical contact that she has to make with yeah and then Sibby comes back. My girl. So Sibby breaks out of the psych ward. Sibby yeah, well, yeah, let's, yeah, we'll go with that. Yep. She's a most wanted person for obvious reasons. And he and gets an alert for that, obviously. He was in the area and he's like, fuck. And he feels responsible. I'm going to find her. her. <laughs> and so he finds her and then he takes her to the Parsons Manor. And Addie basically takes pity on her. Obviously, this girl needs a friend and, you know, whatever. She's okay, you can stay here. So we got a little bit of Sibby. If you did not read Satan's Affair, your only really experience of Sibby was that one basic scene from Haunting Adeline. So when she comes back, basically integrates herself in their lives and it's basically like i'm here bitches i don't know if either of you have read these books but 
Sybil gives me Brooklyn from Dead Men Walking, that series vibes, four days. Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think it would be up either of your alleys. So I'm getting Louise from Bob's Burgers. If Louise were a little more unhinged. Well, Brooklyn's henchmen are real. Mm-hmm. So that's the only difference. But other than that, it's very, it's very similar they vibes. Seemed, they seem pretty real to Sibby when she decided to have a fucking orgy in the kitchen. Dude, <laughs> I love her so much. That's crazy. I, I I'm very interested to see how the duet plays out. I can't wait. Because of how Satan's Affair ended. Because they explained away all that stuff. So I'm very interested to see how the duet plays out. So Sibby gets to the house and Addie's, okay, fine, you can stay here. And so Sibby wants to earn her keep. Even though she's really like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so Sibby now is going to help Addie train, does like the personal training of like fighting and stuff. Because um, it's also easier for Addie to train with Sibby. Because Which, she's, you know, not a man. Honestly, the only thing I could think of is... Does Zade really think that this is okay for her emotional trauma, knowing all that the Sydney shit, to have this psycho hanging out because, at her house? Because they didn't know that Sydney was connected. They only found that no, out. No, but I meant later. just having another, because oh, she yeah, literally yeah. says the line, I've had enough experience with murderous girls and I really don't want any more near me. Yeah. So he says, like, I know I was just I just stopped here to let you know what was going on. I'm taking her to my place and she can stay over there. Right. I just wanted to let you know. He didn't really mean for that to all become a whole thing. He didn't mean for them to cohabitate, but it just ended up happening. Yeah. And then Sippy does her Sippy shit. And Sippy. I love her. That's psycho. (laughs) She's sweet, but a psycho. Literally. Well, I don't know if she's sweet, though. So while they're all training, they're all trying to get ready to kick some ass, take some names. They're also doing their due diligence to try to find Claire and root her out too. And they find Claire's lawyer and they go on a mission to try to infiltrate his office to put stuff in there so that when Claire contacts him, Basically the stuff like will a go. Is like... Yes, yeah. And of course, Sibby wants to come along. Duh. Which, of course, of course, doesn't end well because Sibby is Sibby. She's <laughs> um, very recognizable at this point. And, yeah. she gets... and it ends up being a major car chase. <laughs> yeah, so much. But I think um, that right after this car chase, which, by the way, Addie did not do well in because last time she was in a car chase, she ended up fucking getting trafficked. So she was high-key freaking out. Um, yeah. Zayd was freaking out a little bit because Jay was not answering for a bit. And he's and then Jay comes like, holy shit, I go to take a dump and then I come back and you're like a fucking car chase. I was gone for five minutes. And then so the next thing I have really happening is well either. them finding Rick. But I don't remember how that... So, he basically burns through his cut of the money. And that's how Z finds him. Yes. He was a very inconsequential partner, honestly. No, yeah. it should be noted at the end of part one that although Z and Addie find each other, Rocco and Francesca get away. And they go into hiding. 
Oh yeah, everybody just scatters. Yeah, the only yeah. Zayd is only able to, to get Adeline. So now he's tracking all these motherfuckers down. Rick is one of the first mm-hmm. to go, and he basically gets decapitated in a dark, briny alley, and then set on fire. And honestly, it takes a lot of work to hack at somebody's tendons. Z is obviously still angry. He's still very much upset. <laughs> and he's obviously still angry. And he's also extra tension because he can't work out this extra tension. Yep with Addie because she's still not touching him and yeah. so after this car chase they have this moment in the car where Sibby is asked to leave the car and Adeline lights a cigarette and she's like you have until the end of the cigarette stops burning and they make out like teenagers in the front of his car for a little while and it's the first time that they're actually touching And it's still hard for her. And it's still fucking hard. But she gives a a time limit and then he gives her a time limit too. It was very like give and take, which is very cat and mouse, which is very Mm -hmm. their dynamic. And then they like carry on. Listen, I also (laughs) do like the fact though that she throws the cigarette out the window and says, don't forget to pick that up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very <laughs> sassy. She's very but sassy. that's but oh, and that what it was. He goes, "You have until the smoke dissipates to kiss me." So right. it was just funny. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> you need to so, like you said, he's checking his list and going down the list of the people he's hunting. So he checked off Rick. Next on the chopping block is Rocco and Francesca, who have been doing a pretty good job hiding away. They've got wigs and their sunglasses and disguises. But of course, Francesca's Francesca. And Daya's able to see her on a camera when she had her little tantrum and somebody knocked off her glasses for just a second. Rocco had to strong arm her out of the diner. To not blow it all on them. Yep. Yeah. But it blew it anyways. And they were found. It blew it anyways. It blew it anyways. And they were so found. Basically, Adeline at this point has been training with Sibby and training with Zade to the point where she's stronger than she's ever been physically. So when they find Rocco and Jessica hold up at the shitty little motel, Adeline... Zade just lets... Zade just stands back and lets her go at it. Yeah, he's... You are, <laughs> just, I, think I was like, what? Like, I think she, they have this kind of moment where she's like, oh, you didn't want any of this? And he's, my baby had it. Yeah, it I was like, love a supportive king. Yeah, and then she basically beats them both down and injects them with tranquilizers. And they have that little moment. And then she walks out. Okay, but you carry them to the truck, though. You, know? yeah, you got this, right, you babe? Got this part. <laughs> I got this part. So you got funny. This. Yep. And then, so... <laughs> They store them in the basement because Mm -hmm. Adeline has plans for Rocco and Francesca. Yes. And they have a little culling of their own. So they bring them back to Parsons and she puts them in the super... That's Addie's house. We haven't mentioned that yet. Oh, yeah. So Parsons Manor is Addie's house. And she puts them in the creepy fucking basement of this creepy fucking house. And ties them up oh. and basically has Sibby terrorize them from singing like, nursery rhymes. And... It's so great. 
to the point where Francesca pisses herself. They're just so obviously at their wit's end by the time that they have this fucking calling. They mentally break them before they do any of the physical. Ugh, Mm -hmm. so great. But anyway, so down Zade's list. Francesca, Rocco, Brick, check. Now, Xavier Delano. This so, yes, Rocco and Francesca aren't the only ones who made a mistake on the checklist of doom. <laughs> Xavier also made his Fucked bed up. and chartered a flight because he thinks he's pretty touchable. He's, he's basically. Yeah, so he thinks he's a gift to all. And so he has chartered a flight to this secret invite only club because no one's going to touch him there. He's mm-hmm. basically. The high king around there. He's buddies with the owner. (laughs) Little does he know, Z and Addy have been kicking ass and taking names, literally. And they infiltrate that place and And they catch up with him. Yeah, that scene was a little rough too. It was a little rough. For a moment there, she froze. Yeah. So has the full-on mental breakdown, but that kind of helps them get out of the situation they end up in when the security guards catch up to her and Z and Xavier. So she very vocally was like, he's trying to break me, you know, our word. And the security guards like, whoa, because everything at this club is supposed to be consensual because this is a club. And they're like, whoa, calm down there, little lady. And then they basically allow <laughs> Z and Addie to walk out with Xavier in tow. And he also gets added to the basement of Doom and Terror. <sighs> Hashtag Annie's Dollhouse Part 2. Now they have their own culling. <laughs> so while they're all in the basement, though, they find out the connection between yes. Sydney and Sibby. And that they say that Sydney was already crazy before she got to them because of the fucking cult. Yeah. And Sibby, excuse me? What now? What cult? And then she... Uh Uh-huh. And they all realized that it was the same one and Sydney was one of her siblings or weird somehow siblings because all the children were her father. No, basically, Sibby felt like semi-responsible for, you know, the damage that Sydney inflicted. Because she just left. Because, yeah. But she she you know, killed Addie she disbanded like, the cult and everything just kind of yeah. yeah. We also find out that Molly got away. So yes, we learn that she escapes. Yeah. But so here is a part that I did not like. I liked that she actually escaped, but I don't like with all the resources and whatnot that we did not have closure for that. We didn't so, have like Z finding her or anything. So I think that it was. Francesca has said that she was the only one who escaped before mm-hmm. you. So out of yeah. all the years that it was grooming, she was the only one who got away. And I think that right. because we knew from the journal that this girl was going back to be a, basically a mother to her little sister, that right. you know she would be okay. She but we didn't away, learn that she made okay. it. We didn't learn, you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I don't know, I think it would have just been nice to come full circle and just know that he made sure. Whether we met her or not, yeah. whether it would have been yeah. nice if Addie was able to give her the journal yeah, or whatever. I think that and, was like but... the only loose end that I was bothered by was yeah. that I, we didn't get that actual conclusion. 
That's true. Yeah. So Sibby, Zade, and Addie are hunting Xavier, Francesca, and Rocco. And they, spoiler alert, don't make it because... Wow! Shock! Oh! Wow! Basically, they used the woods behind Parsons Manor, and Zade lived in those woods when he was stalking Addie. Addie (laughs) had to run through those woods while she was being chased by Z. And Sibby's fucking crazy. She'll find (laughs) her she needs to find. Skipping along. I love her. She's so crazy. She's great. So, obviously, it does not go well for them. And they have this moment where after all of them are shot once, they bring them all together to the same place to meet their end. But before the other two disappear, Zade comes over and gets off in front of Xavier while Addie is moaning Zade's name to piss mm-hmm. Xavier off because it was the one thing he could never get her to do. So... After the catharsis of the culling, Zade and Addie want to take that healing one step further and take back everything. Because Xavier's dead now, but she still has him in her mind. She still has yeah. the scars from him on her body. She and him she, she still has herself. the damage. Exactly. They decide to take that power back and Zade basically recuts every single one of her cuts so that it's him and not Xavier. And, yeah. I don't like knives. I understood it and I I definitely understood why they did it. Right. Cuz it's just she doesn't want that reminder of the douche nugget on her skin and, and so when she looks at them it's Zade not him. So it's like a place of love instead of a place of shit. And basically Zade is... He's very self-serving and I don't want you to be thinking about another man. Absolutely not. Well, not only that, but Zade is very... You're it for me and I'm going to be here for you. And this is it. I have followed you through lifetimes. My soul needs you so badly that I've become a shadow destined to hunt you for eternity. And you're not getting rid of me. We are going to work this out. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. God, man. So fucked up. So sick. I know. It's so romantic in the most fucked up way. I don't even know how any other way to explain it. So because of Xavier's obvious disappearance and whatnot, Claire is obviously the mastermind behind a lot of government officials, behind a lot of things she can basically say something is and people will have to take it and enforce it and they're very concerned that her next move is going to be setting up Addie to be arrested for murder and Zade's attempt to thwart that is he makes a public news announcement taking credit for all the stuff as Z and how he is disbanding all this behind the scenes stuff to end all the trafficking and stuff that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Which basically leaves adding the free and clear. And then things get quiet for a while because they can't get a pin on there. And Z's something's not adding up. She's too quiet. And then Claire goes after 
at his parents. Because he's, well, what else could she target? Yeah. Because he doesn't have any family that Claire knows of because, you know, Mm. Ruby's underground. And the only people are left, especially with, you know, Addie and her mom trying to mend their relationship. And, you know, Claire would know that her mom had been observed going in and out of Parsons. So she goes after them. And Z being the absolute genius mastermind that he is basically catches her in the act and gets Jay's help to keep them in the house while while he rounds up Sibby and Addie to go drive there but it's such a funny on their way out the door it's so funny because he calls to them don't forget your knives and guns mouse and Sibby Limit your guns and knives. It's just the... they're such a cute little fucked up family. Like they are, and they really are. It's, it's found family trope. It's given. It's so cute. Oh, so yeah, yeah, it is. And then, so, so yeah. So in the process of rescuing their parents, Addie's mom gets shot, and they go back to Teddy's cabin, and they basically save you know her life, but. The dad, we learn he's a total fucking dickhole. If we thought the mom was bad, if we thought the mom was bad, the dad was basically an absentee father all throughout Adeline's life. And then basically, get your criminal boyfriend away from here. He didn't raise you like this. And bitch, what the fuck are you talking about? You didn't raise me to be like this. You didn't raise me at all. And he's basically, you're not allowed to see your mother. I don't want you near her. This is all your fault. Yeah. Like, even though they damn fucking came and rescued you people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously, Addie spirals because Addie is weak. And then she starts in on her bullshit and then has to transfer the blame somewhere else. Starts to blame Zade. My poor Zade. And he does not take kindly to that. Oh. Nor should he. he. Nor should he. And they have one of their really biggest couple fights one of the only ones that we see on paper anyway but she basically takes back the fact she had said i love you to him and she takes that back and so he's well now i don't believe you anymore yeah it was i'm like you dumb bitch are you (laughs) yeah the whole time i was like are you fucking for real right now and the thing that was annoying is that she was saying are you fucking for real now at herself while it was happening in her head? Right. She so knew she, she was doing wrong. And, but she couldn't literally. So, right. It was such herself. a pull and taste. And then she's so mad. And then she's asking him to punish her. Bitch, you don't get to have that. Yeah. Because she just wants to. She's just. She just is feeling rotten. Wants, and she just. Yeah, yeah. She wants penance for what she did. And right. she feels like that's And knows he can it. give her what she needs, but she didn't go about it the right way. No. Yeah. Well. So then he takes her to the woods or she, mm-hmm. he she chases him. Well, she chases after woods, him. Right. Yeah. Which was rules reverse kind of thing. Right. Then see, and then there was this. One so then they have their whole moment where, you know. They're in he's the woods punishing her. and he's basically saying what would get you to stay if I impregnated you basically would that get you to stay or would you leave with my child and she's like I have birth control what are you talking about and he's like do you and then she's like don't I 
but then basically she's okay this is it he's basically saying are you gonna accept me for every fucking shitty thing that i am or are you not and then so she agrees and you know whatever and then he's yeah you don't I didn't actually take the birth control out of you afterward. She was like, what the fuck? She needed you to make sure that you were going to take it all and accept it all. Yeah. Um, so then they get a, a line on Claire. Yeah. And find out that she's having these two Nimrods out to the island to meet her. But Zade is like, enough is enough. I'm done with this shit. And intercepts them. Gary and Jeff, the old, old men. Basically forces them to call Claire and be like, I caught Z. Come get him. And Claire shows up thinking she's a smart shit because obviously she knows it's a trap, but she thinks that she's untouchable. Yeah. She can talk well, her way out of it. She right. She jokes on you because Z saw you see that it was a trap and... Did you one it. better? And are you ready for it? Oh like, he he was prepared. You remember, you remember that time when Z was like, "Yeah, she'll burn too." Fucking mark my words, she will burn. Yeah, I hope he marked his words because <laughs> poetic justice again. She set an IED off and injured him at the end of the first book, and that is how she goes out in the second book. Bye, bitch. Peace out, Girl Scout. (laughs) So funny. This bitch tries to negotiate world peace through, because she's, oh, you're Z, you're techie. If I end human trap, I'll do it on one condition, and that's you and me working together to create a device to implant in everybody so we can control everybody's minds. And obviously, Addie's there because she's part of the negotiations because, duh, Z wouldn't do this alone without her. Are we kidding me? That's his woman. And Addie goes to say how that's basically trading in one form of slavitude for another. And then Claire snaps at her and basically shows her true colors. And, yeah. and Zade's like, not having it. He's So you know the thing about negotiating is that you can't talk to people like that. Yeah. And she's, oh, fuck. So after Claire goes sayonara, Zade does another broadcast for the world, telling them that Claire is no more and that she was not the first to infect this nastiness to the world and she won't be the last, but one by one he will rid the world of this shit and that he is Z and he is watching. Very um, Optimus Prime. At the end of Transformers. <laughs> so then her mom shows up for a visit. Yeah, the cleaners and the is, cabin, mind you. Yeah, she is healed enough that she can escape the dead's clutches and come visit and check in. And she is accompanied by a traveling nurse. Her mom and her have a heart to heart. All hunky dory. Yay, happy days. But Craven knows Sibby? recognizes Sibby. It's a weird situation. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, they recognize each other. It's super weird. And then, right. And they they both disappear and nobody sees them for the rest of the the whole book. So that's the end of the book. And then we have an epilogue. Fun side note, that's not really important to the plot, but 
Oh my god, Zade. We also find out that he can cook. Not only does he murder pedophiles and leaves her roses and teaches her how to fight for herself and loves her even if she... Oh my god, he also fucks? This is why we don't date real men. We just read about them in books. As Ariel told me, Zade forever, Adeline never. She doesn't deserve him. No, she doesn't. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's very rare. I, on the he... other hand, it's just so funny because it's very rare that we we feel so strongly that the female character does not deserve the man that is in this book. I have, I mean, lately I think he, he was just written so well, yeah, flawlessly. Whereas, she, not that she wasn't written well, but she was written with so many flaws that. Not that humans themselves aren't flawed, so it's truer. You know what I mean? He was written very not true. That's just why. Well, he had his flaws, but the problem about his flaws is that it just made him that much better. So before we get too off, there's an epilogue. They're engaged. I didn't want to lose the end of the book before we started talking about other things. Well, we already lost the plot halfway through. He very much just puts the ring on her finger without asking. And then... Of course not. Yeah. He's not going to ask. It's predetermined. So she's, what if I would have said no? And then he's like, I guess I would have made you anyway. Because you really think there's a choice here. It's you and me forever. Hello. And right. even after we die, he will, I, I, even after bodies are no more, I'm still going to haunt your soul yeah. for the rest of eternity. Ex- exactly. Duh. Oh, where can I get me a man to haunt my soul for the rest of eternity? Jail. That's where you can get them. From prison. <laughs> so we need to be one of those pen pal. Let's not do that. I think we've made enough bad decisions in life. Well, what's one more? Who was uh, your favorite character? Favorite character, aside from Z. Oh, you can't pick Z now, no. Yeah. You can pick whoever you want. Yeah, this is our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. We do anyways. Every day, baby. It bites us on the ass about 98% of the time. Will we learn? No. No, we won't. Never. We're in our 30s now. We don't need to learn anymore. I've learned enough. (laughs) You're supposed to continuously learn your whole life. Who's your favorite? Chris, what you got? Zade and Sibby. I got two. Well, she's thinking. Zade and Sibby, both of them. Yeah, I agree. Zade and Sibby. Sibby. I still. Like I just could picture her skipping along. I, you know, obviously I love love Sibby, <laughs> love Zade. I did learn to love Rio, and one of my favorite minor characters was Jillian, because Jillian was the real MVP. She really came through. She came so through the- for a girl at the ends. Yeah, the other, we didn't even talk about it, but that's okay. The other slight, I guess, hole, I'm going to call it, I felt that was left as a loose end was when in the last book, they had the dinner and the girl was being served and he rescued that girl. She didn't think she had a home to go back to. And she asked if he could be her home. And he kind of basically was like, well, I'll have to check with Adeline, but if we can't find your home. And we met her briefly in this book because she's staying at the place while they're trying to figure it out. But there was no fucking resolution. No. We don't know if she found her family. We don't know if Zade and Addie ended up keeping her. 
I think it was assumed that she just got to live her life in the sanctuary. But that's not what she wanted, and that's not what they kind of agreed upon. Right, but even when Zayd had the conversation with Adeline at this book, because he was like, you know, this is the girl that I told you wanted me to be her daddy or whatever the fuck. They have a conversation about how eventually they want kids, but not just now. So I think it's just assumed that the girl like grows up in the sanctuary. But we don't even know if they found her family. I just feel like it was a loose end that wasn't. It was a loose end. Yeah. Kind of like the Molly thing. It's all I was. Yeah. Least favorite character. Francesca. Claire. And Fran, you know what though? Actually, I hate Francesca more for what she did to Rio. So yeah, bit. I was gonna say Francesca was definitely a good one. I was thinking about Sydney, but she was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. Well, we'll make it unanimous. We'll go with Francesca. Fuck Francesca. Amazon rates this a four point five out of five, and Goodreads is a four point two. So this book is higher rated than the first book. I rated it lower than the first book. I gave this one a solid four because I felt there were too many loose ends that weren't tied up. I felt like there was so much going on in this book, so much going on that for it to all be crammed together, they had to gloss over so much. And I didn't feel like a lot of it got the justice it needed for the depth of emotion that could have been evoked in this book had it been given its time gotcha i also felt like there were a lot of loose ends with addy's healing process there's you know i mean i just i felt like there was a lot of loose ends for me in this book yeah makes sense it's an all you know i probably made it just a slightly higher i enjoyed this one more and i think i even told you that when i read them the first time for some reason i liked the second book more i mean not by much so i gave the last one a 4.5 so this one's probably mm-hmm. like a 4.6 or 7 for me okay so just slightly higher there's just some things i liked better in this book than the last book but obviously yeah there's... this it was still good i just there were some pieces missing for me i'm not arguing with you i'm just telling you no i was validating no i was just validating you don't need to validate yourself i got you you explained it there was obviously plot holes and there was some plot points that were eh. but overall i liked this one slightly better than i liked the first one still good still a really good book i'm actually the opposite again the first time i read this book but second time i read this book more like 4.9 but now that i've read it a third time and it was just i don't know what it was about it if it was just like me not being right mindset to read it or it just took me way longer to get through it a third time so i just didn't enjoy it as much which detrimental to my overall reading to it so i think i would go 4.5 this one which is really a shame because it's a great book but there's just a lot of things in this book that like minor details like Ariel said that one or two just didn't get enough attention. Yeah, I think that I've noticed it too when I've read and this is partially why I don't read books. I, I try not to reread things so right the, because the thing is because you get your initial first review, but it is sometimes nice, especially sometimes you read a book with such rose colored glasses it's so hype yeah and so you have it in your brain that this is gonna be so great and so when you're reading it you're not looking out for those plot holes you're just you're reading the book you're experiencing it yeah well not only that but your first initial read 
you're reading it where you're at. Whereas when you reread things, that's what I was going to get to as well. That's like the twilight books. I loved them when I read them originally. Well, it was good. It wasn't like, Oh my God, this blows my mind. But then I have reread them since then. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well this isn't nearly as good as I thought it was, but I'm also at a different point in my life. But the other thing too, is a lot of times, like when you read a book that's so hyped, you don't, sometimes you don't take into account, you're just reading it. You're like, Oh, it's so hyped. It's going to be so good. And you've heard all these people talk about all these different parts of this book and how great they are. So you're kind of going in with a, this book is going to be great things. So you're not looking out for the shit parts. That's like when I'm told by some people that a book is terrible and I haven't read it yet, but I have to still read it. I go in thinking this book's going to be bad and that I'm nitpicking the fuck out of that book as I'm reading it. See, I have the opposite reaction. No, because you do know. it to me all the time. And then I'm like, no, but I meant I have the opposite reaction. No, I know. Doing that. Yeah. No, no. What I was going to say is when you first read a book and you're in that mindset, you're enjoying it as is. And what you've read thus far, when you reread something, a lot of times, most of the time, we tend to stay in little pockets of genres a lot for different periods of times. So a lot of times you have read a lot of types of books that are similar to that. So sometimes when you go back and reread something, it doesn't quite hit the same because then you've read other things that, oh, well, that's not quite, or this, or sometimes you have grown with an author Oh man! Well, you guys, a lot. We finished both of these books in less six hours. Look at us! Look at us! We're fancy, fancy like Applebee's on a date night. This was a lot. It's a country music. My brain is dead, and I have to go to the grocery store. Ew! I have to make dinner, and I don't have the food, and it's that's not good. It's five thirty. Yeah, yeah. I would have gone earlier, but we've been doing this all day, so I haven't got a chance to go to the grocery store, and I have to work tomorrow. Oh, we didn't do cucumbers. Do we want to do cucumbers? <gasps> yes, cucumbers. Oh yeah, for the book. You're fine for obvious reasons. Yeah, we usually only do cucumbers between the male, the the main characters, for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> obvious reasons. What do you got? I don't know. Well, I'm gonna go with a four. There wasn't a lot in this one. It was fine. There just wasn't a ton of variety and there wasn't a lot. It was good. It just wasn't a lot. The stuff that was in there was intense. So I would give it a That's true. Maybe a five then. Maybe I'll go with a five then. Because the one they have in the woods and she comes back into the house and bruised up from her neck down. And bleeding basically, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, maybe I'll go with a five. I'll go with a five and a half. And also, we didn't talk about the airplane scene where she's still skittish around knives, so he kind of fiddles her with a handle. Yeah, I neglected for that for Crystal. You're welcome. I pretended it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, so good. That's interesting. <laughs> I'll give it a- I, was just, I was just looking out for her. Yes. Yeah. Solid six and a half. For now. Well, until next time.